Welcome to Voices from the Bench, a dental laboratory podcast. Send us an email at info at voicesfromthebench.com or look for us on Facebook at Voices from the Bench. Greetings and welcome to Voices from the Bench. My name is Elvis Dahl and we are at episode number 31. I'm Barbara Wojan and we are in our 30s. And Elvis, who lives in uh, BFE, is uh, 53 degrees up there, 95 degrees here in Florida. We both went for a very long run today. He froze his ass off and I uh, sweated mine. So it's a little cold up there where you are. I'm so sorry about your luck. You were jealous of my weather, and I was jealous of yours. That's that's kind of funny. Yeah, you actually called me when I'm running. I'm sweating, and you're like, what's the degree? I'm like, it's 95, and you told me it was freaking three. I'm like, are you kidding me? I can't even believe that. What state are you in? It is. <laughs> Thanks for knowing. <laughs> well, I know it's... Indiana. I know Indiana. So, wow. So, so yeah, I, I get that a lot. We blend in with about eight other states, and it doesn't matter to people on the coast. Yeah, well, I'm the one and the only flat Florida, 95 degrees in the middle of October. There's no sign of any anything getting any, any colder, so I envy you. You envy me, I envy you. Do you own a winter coat? I mean, Only for uh, midwinter. That's it? Yeah. <laughs> The only reason I ever wear a coat, I don't even, I, I don't, I don't do coats. That's, that's nope. hilarious. I go from my car to the lab and I don't leave all day. So what do I need a coat for? But on today's episode, we continue the conversation with Jeremiah Noss, the CDT and DTG, and Amanda Noss from Inverness Dental Arts in Florida. In this second half, we get into Jeremiah speaking at conventions about analog removable techniques and the exciting decision he has made to become a denturist. We did an episode on denturism, episodes 21 and 22, for those who want to go and listen, and learned a lot more about them. But here's a technician that sees a better life for himself and his family if he makes this career change. So we continue with, if you would please, Vaughn. Nas Incorporated. Thanks, Vaughn. I got asked a few times about what all that Nos Incorporated stuff is all about. Yeah, do tell. I'm curious. So Von Groh is the man behind DTG, which is the Dental Technicians Guild. We had him on for a three-part interview a couple months ago. Mm-hmm. Every Wednesday, he does a live Facebook video called Von Wednesdays. Yep. I'll put a link in the show notes. Whenever he sees Jeremiah or Amanda online while he is live, he does the scream, Nas Incorporated. <laughs> And after I heard Vaughn say that a few times, I knew this was a family I wanted on the podcast and the connection was made. That's cool. Yeah, it's really neat. It's a great community. Everybody reaches out to each other. So let us continue with the Nas family. Enjoy. Voices from the Bench. The Interview. Yeah. So it's just, you know, I know I shouldn't say it, but before I realize that, uh, I've already said it. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Well, why do you think I hide behind the podcast with the nice <laughs> edible software? There you go. <laughs> so what sort of things do you cover, Jeremiah? I mean, I've seen you on Facebook showing a lot of work that's not metal frameworks. Touch upon that. Do you speak a lot upon non-metal? Um, honestly, not really. There are other people that are much, much more knowledgeable about that. Mm-hmm. So when it comes to setting teeth, doing composite work, those aspects of our industry, 
I don't feel like I'm anywhere near, let's say, Eugene Rosengert's level or Arian Deutsch's level. And so for educational purposes, I've been asked to teach people how to set teeth and, and, and do those things. But when I see other educators that I know that I feel are a way above and beyond myself, I kind of feel like if someone's going to go get educated, they should go get educated from the best. And if it's not me, I'll tell everyone it's not me. Yep. <laughs> awesome. So Amanda, do you do the marketing for the lab? Um, I manage our Instagram oh, cool. page and our Facebook okay. page. Um, we don't do much marketing other than that. I do most of the photography. Nice. So 99% of the photos that you see anywhere on Facebook of our work, I've taken those photos. And they're unbelievable, by the way. I was going to ask. If you do photography, that's great. So those are those are iPhone photos. Yeah, that's the secret there. Wow. You know, <laughs> everybody, when I say that, they're like, what? I'm like, yeah. we got a real fancy camera, but it doesn't ever come out of the case. <laughs> we have one of those here. Uh, yeah, we actually bought, bought like a little shadow box off of Amazon. Cost us like a hundred bucks. And my, my little mm-hmm. trick that I give everybody out in the world is black Play-Doh. Mm. Take a little bit what? of black Play-Doh and you can prop up your frames. You can prop your models up. You can... Do all kinds of stuff, and then that disappears into the background. And a lot of people have to look really hard if they want to find my Play-Doh in my shots. <laughs> I'm sure there's a lot of people listening that are going, damn, that's a good idea. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and by the way, I hate all those photos. I can't stand <laughs> that she does that. Oh, I'm sure. It's never good enough, right? You're just like, oh, I would have changed that. I would have changed that. Yep. Oh, yeah. No, it, 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 it's, it's so true. I mean, when I see it like that, I mean, I, I, yeah, I have to stop looking at it because I'll just sit there and critique it for hours. You sound like a um, an artist. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so no, no other marketing other than that. Just uh, we, I take photos, I post them on Instagram, and they actually have that a, a, account connected to uh, Facebook. And so when I post to one, it posts to both, and I don't even have to, you know, go to multiple sites and. And then that's the extent of it. And honestly, lately, we haven't even had time to do that. I don't think I've updated anything on there in weeks because of how busy we've been. Yeah. Yeah, you guys have been traveling around a lot right now. We went to Utah and then Oregon. So tell me, uh, hint, hint, wink, wink, why did you go to Oregon? (laughs) Well, we went to Oregon. We have a a goal, a a mission, or however you want to plan, however you want to say it. To move out there and uh, become a denturist. Awesome. We want to try to kind of live uh, a different type of life. So to give a little background, we had Patrick Allen on not too long ago. And whenever this airs, it might be longer. But he said that you went to their national convention a year or two ago to speak. And when you got amongst all the denturists, that's what intrigued you. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, We went out there. Um, our consideration this year it was this year yeah it was this year we spoke up there on uh on on why uh you know once again just how we think about rpds and how that differs from a lot of the way that people think about them currently Mm -hmm. but uh our interest for being a denturist comes from much further back than just this year it's been something we've been talking about for i want to say three or four years if not more But when we were there, I really felt like we made connections with some people up there that 
were able to be or willing to be honest with us on a level that most people weren't. And when I say that, I mean that they were willing to tell us how much they made, how often they worked. Oh, wow. Yeah. Things that aren't so openly talked about with others. And, you know, what were our wants and were those achievable? And that really made a huge impact in our thinking. And to be honest with you, the schooling, the schooling scared the crap out of me. You know, mm. I sucked in school. Yeah. I mean, bad when I was a kid. I, I mean, I got A's and B's, but I mean, I never studied. I, I, I never, and that was 20 years ago. So the thought yeah. of going through school again was kind of really, really intimidating. But I remember having lunch there with one individual and him just simply looking at me and going, you know, you sound just like me. And I'm telling you, you can do it. You know, if I can do it, anyone can do this. You know what I mean? You just got to have the want. Yeah. So we came back rejuvenated with the thought of doing this and then started contemplating how long I wanted to work at the bench. And for technicians, and all of us probably here can agree with this, it's very common to see other technicians really never able to retire they pretty much work until they can collect social security and then go collect social security. Uh-huh. And that's even if their body makes it long enough health wise to allow that to happen. So that was a big thinking, at least for us was quality of life that we wanted to live the rest of our career out in. So I think those were ultimately some of the biggest considerations we had, you know, pushing us forward into this career. And Oregon is the choice because A, it's green, and B, it doesn't snow much mm-hmm. there. Yeah, people laugh at us, but I mean, I'm a true Floridian. I was born and raised here. So when it came down to thinking about where to move, knowing that there were only six states that it was legal in, we pulled up a uh, an annual snowfall chart of the United States <laughs> and really kind of figured out where it didn't snow. And Arizona, yeah. you know, Arizona was the first obvious option, but I wasn't willing to live in a desert. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, Southwest Oregon was the only other area that got less than six inches of snow annually. So we started looking there. <laughs> Interesting. Are you going to be going to a school that Todd Young started? Yes, I already am in school, actually. Oh, okay. I'm almost done with our first term, actually. Good for you. Oh, nice. So how is that experience? Are you shocked by the content? No, actually, I find the content to be really intriguing. I never really thought I would, but I find it to be explaining things that I always knew how to do, but maybe never knew why. Interesting. So I think that that aspect has me really intrigued about all the education. You know, some of it is honestly a little overwhelming, especially in the histology when you're thinking about different nerves and and the face and oh it just it gets a little overwhelming but uh sure i think you know getting through the school has been so far a really positive experience for me so it's a two-year school with a one-year internship correct yes uh, that is correct yeah it's a two-year school and then uh, you have a one-year externship or internship uh, that's involved with uh, graduating from the school. Do you already know where you're going to extern at? Yes and no. Um, 
it, right now, a lot of that depends on when we choose to move to Oregon. Mm. I have some, yeah, that makes I sense. have two local prosthodontists just south of me that have already agreed to let me do my internship with them. But it is a year-long process, and it is not something I can start um, right away. I have to get through a certain amount of schooling before they let you start mm. your externship. Sure. So we don't necessarily know how that timing is going to play out. We may be in Oregon before then, basically. So you don't have to externship at a denturist. No. No, The externship can be done under any licensed practitioner, a GP, to a prosthodontist, to a denturist. As long as they're a licensed practitioner, then you're pretty good. You're going to go intern with a prosthodontist. God bless you. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, it's one of those things. Uh, you know, I, take, I take all this very seriously, what we're doing. Yeah. And I, you know, I, I want my patients, you know, my future patients to receive the very best mm-hmm. that I could possibly give them. And from what we receive as a laboratory side, because we already do the, the, the laboratory work for these prosthodontists. And the, the model work that we, we receive from them and the level of communication that we receive from them gives me an example of the type of work that I want to be able to do. So if I'm going to go do this, I don't want to just do it from my local down-the-street GP who's willing to get it done in six months. I want someone that's going to take, take me very seriously and, and, and show me um, the details of what I'm looking to know. Yeah, that's another good decision. It's top of the line. I just know they're tough to deal with. So good luck. When you know what you should know, then you have the right to have yep. a, you know, a firm foot. So when did you uh, get involved with the DTG? How did that come into fruition? Uh, the DTG for us, quite honestly, was uh, we contributed to our initial ability to start receiving uh, work from outside of Florida. You know, we you know had considered how to market ourselves as Barbara, Barbara asked earlier, and we're not, I'm not big into cold calling or spending money and on flyers. So I think mm-hmm. I heard something that came honestly from Michael Keeter had talked about how when he wants new accounts and clients, he goes to where those clients are. And that kind of made a lot of sense to us where if you want new doctors, then go to some doctor's courses. You know, don't go to technician courses if you're looking for new doctors. Yeah, um, makes so sense. So it, it was just the idea of what he said made sense to us. So realizing that we were a removable lab only, we quickly kind of realized that we had a niche for producing high-end RPDs that were combination frameworks with crowns. So we really just decided to spend the money and – fly out to Utah. We were not DTG members at the time. We just flew out there because we heard about how the quality of people that were attending these shows and how we wanted to be of that same quality. Yeah, we went three years ago. Mm. We've been every year since, but we went three years ago. And that year they had uh, Richard Greenless. Greenless was the finale speaker. They had Bill Murray. They had Terry Foey. They had uh, Skip Carpenter. They had numerous, numerous, um, what we would consider, you know, these people in the industry that were, you know, uh, doing great work. 
And so it was a kind of like an investment. We decided we would go there. We, you know, we got business cards. We got some, a you suit? know, a suit for Jeremiah <laughs> and we spent the money and, and we went out there and decided we would hang among these people and see what, you know, see what it was like. And we made a bunch of friends and, and we were truly just hanging out because what I'm realizing and the reason that we don't go do a lot of shows in terms as as a, just a, a person sitting sitting in the crowd is there's there's no RPD education. There's not a lot of yeah. analog denture education out there. So most of these shows are ceramic-based or zirconia-based education. So for us to go there was really just sitting there watching all this amazingly beautiful ceramic work that – honestly didn't apply to our education per se, but it did put us side by side sitting next to people that would look at us and go, why are you here? (laughs) And and we would tell them, you know, we're here because, you know, we want to understand more of what you do. You know, um, I want a better, you know, communicative ability to talk to my clients because I understand more of what they have going on. And that spoke to one particular individual more than others. And we came back from that meeting maybe about two or three weeks later. And he contacted Amanda through Facebook and, and, you know, long story short, we started doing some work for him and then it just became kind of a spread of a word of mouth. Yeah. It was uh, Hey, Oh, you're having trouble with frames. Have you talked to this guy? And, you know, and then it became, Jeremiah became that guy, you know, that it fixes, your problems, that fixes yeah. the frame problem. Well, I know your name has come up a couple of times on the podcast, just people mentioning that you do their frames for them. You're famous. That was, the, that was three years ago. And that was the first account. And then, like he said, we're probably 80% mail-in now <laughs> and 20% local work. Wow. Demographically. Yeah. So. And to get back to the original question, I think I've been a DTG member for going on two years now. Yeah, a little over two years mm-hmm. now. And it was just something that, you know, I kind of really, really bit into the uh, to the family aspect of what they offered, and the 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 friendships that we made were were legitimate friendships. I mean, not just things that you have this nice conversation with someone while you're there and then go home and never talk to these people again, but really true you know, heart to heart relationships. I mean, we're even flying to Michigan next month so we can go attend the wedding of one of the people that we met at that show. Really? Wow. It's one of those things that I don't have many friends and I pretty much have zero friends when it comes to my local community because people don't understand the life that we live and, and the challenges that we live. So when you meet other people that understand that, Man, it's it hits home. It's true. A lot of my good friendship is with people that I've met through the uh, the NADL and CalLab and various other industry related groups, and it's it's so very true. I think we're all just so weird. We can only hang out with each other. <laughs> How did you two meet, Amanda? Um, That's- I, <laughs> I was a restaurant manager, and he came through my drive thru. There. Aww. That's- <laughs> Uh, and cool. you know we started talking and um you know one thing led to another and he bought a house here in Inverness and asked me if you know we were dating at the time if I wanted to move in and 
Um, you know, I had a daughter from a previous marriage, eight years old. And so he kind of assumed the stepdad role in her life. And, you know, shortly after us getting together, we were married and, and then I was integrated into the lab life. <laughs> so, you know, we tell everyone is the PG version of how we met. <laughs> That's great. So That's your a- version... <laughs> Oh, that that only happens over a lot of beers and. <laughs> yeah, I, the podcast probably can't uh, air that anyway, so that's a great. <laughs> uh, she just smacked me. So. <laughs> the question is, Jeremiah, did she get your order right that first time? <laughs> I have no idea. I was too busy looking at her. <laughs> there you go. Nice. Good answer. Good answer. So yeah, that's what we have going on. You know, the uh, Dinsurus thing is uh, really strong right now. We have. We're actually flying back to Oregon in January so that we can relook at our kind of a selected area in the winter so we can be sure that this Florida boy can still be there. Yeah. So that's kind of our plan. We're going to come back from there and really put some things in action to start uh, making, making, the yeah, making the move happen. We're pretty excited about that aspect. What about the idea of fighting for making it legal in Florida so you can go back to your home state. You know, I did. Um, that's kind of a kind of an, I don't want to say an emotional story, but for me, it, it, it's I have a lot of feelings behind it. Um, I was on the uh, the FDLA board for five years and uh, every single year tried to bring this up. And let's just say that I've come to the realization that until it becomes federally accepted and regulated, Florida we'll probably be one of the last states to accept that kind of regulation. Just because of the stronghold of the dental yes. community there with dentists? Well, that and, and the money yeah. involved to lobby against yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, sure. without getting into too much, to really get something, uh, a bill passed, takes an extensive amount of money and time. And unless you have an investor that is really able just to kind of dump hundreds of thousands of dollars into making this happen, it's hard for any small, medium organization to fund this type of adventure and get it done on their own. Oh, absolutely. So there is more aspects of it than just simply, quote unquote, dentist fighting this. There's a lot of, there's a lot of reasons why Florida would be very difficult to make this happen. Let's see that. Sure. And I hope at some point we'll have Denturis back on to discuss that more and maybe we can have you join that conversation. Yeah, I mean, we would love I, it. You I know, think it's worth talking about. I mean, I would really love it, you know, to be able to do it. And here in Florida, it would make other things much easier, of course. But it's one of those things, kind of, it, you know, it is what it is. And, you know, these are what we're going to have to do. Well, excellent. I appreciate you guys coming on. I do have one final question, Jeremiah. Maybe a lot of people don't know about your beard. <laughs> are you going to cut that when you become a denturist? Oh. You know, you're the first person to ask me that out loud. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm so surprised. Curious <laughs> beard minds want to know. You know, the honest truth is yeah. I, I would like to say no, but I'm sure that my you know, that my patients are not going to be okay with uh, beard chickling in their tin or, you know, you know, resting on their forehead, <laughs> you know, the, you know, the lab life attire 
is going to be different than the clinician attire. Yep. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I probably will shave it. I don't know if I'll shave it all the way off or if I'll just uh, tell someone to make it look professional and see see where it goes from there. I don't think he should shave it. Um, I'm gonna. I think we discussed this between me and him, and I'm, I'm sure thinking he'll probably <laughs> just trim it up to be an acceptable professional uh, length, and then go from there. But yeah, the- it needs to get trimmed now. I mean, I fight with it every day at the lab, to be honest with you. I really kind of need to yeah. just kind of tuck it in. Yeah, my darn articulators, that that vertical pin, it loves to oh. pin my beard. I can oh. see that. So. There's times where he's gotten the handpiece caught in it. Like I'll hear, oh, oh, no. oh no, and I'll look back and. He's got it wound tight in, oh, in yeah. there. Oh. And they've done that, not with a beard, but with I my hair. That and hurts. that sucks because it wraps around it so fast and then you got to cut it out. Oh. Yeah, yeah, that sucks. We're grinding on an old reline and then you end up with all that someone's old reline all in your beard. Oh, yeah. Uh, that sounds awesome. Woo. Yeah. <laughs> smells good. No. Smells good. So, yeah, I mean, I'm sure I'll trim it out minimally. We'll see. We'll see how far we take off. Well, once you clean that up, you know what's next. You're going to be wearing loafers, yeah. and uh, you'll have a gold watch, and you'll be all There's professional. There's going to be a sweater vest and... in there. Somewhere. Oh, no. A sweater <laughs> vest and a bow tie. Don't do it. No, no, I doubt it. Right now, I mean, I am legitimately right now the way I am in most days of the lab, and that's in a tank top, shorts, and flip-flops. Yep. yep. There you go. So, yeah, it's going to be a different, a different life, but... We're hoping all the benefits that we uh, that we perceive are there come you know come through out and you know make it worth our while. More family time for our boys. Well, good luck there to you go. guys. Sounds That's like important. a an amazing adventure. I I love Oregon. My my brother lives out there. There's honestly, I've said a hundred times, if I wasn't so planted here, I would move out to Oregon in a, in a second. So good luck. It was beautiful. I I think we we never turned the radio on. Yeah. We drove a total of I think. 23 hours and three days around the state. And um, I think the most common word that came out of our mouth was wow. Yep. I oh, mean, just wow. Like it, it was gorgeous. It was breathtaking. Um, so yeah, we're really super excited about that, but want to be very, you know, informed. So we're going to go back during the winter and make sure that what we see is still Make sure that you're really in love with it. Yeah. It's still wow. You're going to be really in love with it. (laughs) So good luck. Awesome. Thank you. Do you guys even own coats? Yes, we do. Because we've been to Chicago for the midwinter. Oh, there you go. (laughs) We learned our lesson the first year. We showed up and he got off the plane in uh, fishing pants. And um, we had to stand in the taxi line. What an experience that oh, was. Like yeah. 45 little degrees, chilly, huh? 10 degrees. Yeah. It was horrible. Yeah, it was horrible. And I had gotten uh, from a friend some gloves and a nice scarf. And so I was completely warm. And <laughs> You're fine. Yeah. Hot. <laughs> That's hilarious. We learned our lesson. We came back this last year prepared yeah. with jackets and everything. <laughs> Do you guys go to Chicago every year? Uh, no. <laughs> we were, um, you know, Chicago's another one of those shows. Like I said, there's, if you're an analog, removable lab like me, you know, there's just not a lot of education out sure. there available. So when we usually go, 
It's honestly because someone's uh, helping us financially get there so that we can do some sort of lecture or table clinic for them or something of that nature. Awesome. I appreciate it, guys. I uh, thank you for joining us and telling the uh, NOS family (laughs) story. I'm actually going to try to get Vaughn on to do the NOS Incorporated scream. (laughs) I think it would be a good intro for this. He does it on Wednesday, so. (laughs) Yeah. I figured I could just steal one. So you can, you. I appreciate you guys. Thank you so much for coming on and telling the story. Good luck with your adventure into denturism. Keep us updated. Maybe once you become a denturist, even before, we'll have you back on to tell us about the experience. Yeah, we would appreciate it. We're uh, very honored to be here and appreciated that you've asked us to do this. And yeah, you're thank welcome. you guys always, so much. And we're always very humble that anyone wants to talk to some redneck in the middle of Florida. <laughs> so... Thank you so much. And Barb and I thank you guys for your continued support of the podcast. I know uh, Amanda's on there liking things and sharing things, and and we appreciate that. We really do. We appreciate what you're doing. More people need to spread the word of of what we do, and it's awesome that it's on YouTube also so that more – yeah hopefully more general public might just kind of stumble into it and be willing to listen to it a little bit. Yeah. Yep. That's what we're hoping. (laughs) Yay. Thank you so much, guys. We will uh, chat at you All later. Right. Thank you. Bye, everyone. Bye. 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 A huge thank you to Jeremiah and Amanda for sharing their story with us, and we wish them the best of luck on what sounds like an amazing experience and career change. But he is right. I definitely don't want my Denturis's beard in my face. I find that kind of gross. He does have a plan, though. He's either going to cut it or braid it or pull it up. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sure they're going to do very He's well. He's going to tuck it. Yeah. Tuck it. I'm not going to say anything sexual about that either, so I'm just going to let that go. I'm going to let that ride. I hope we get a chance to follow up with them later to see how it all pans out. And everyone, head over to Facebook and look up his work. I never thought I could be impressed with an RPD framework, but he does some pretty cool stuff. And his wife is taking all of the pictures. She's the amazing uh, photographer. And together, they're, uh, they're doing great things. So congrats, guys. I wish you luck. It's funny, I actually try to do a lot of photography at Summer Dental, and I'm always propping stuff up with crown boxes or whatever I can find that's handy, but Black Play-Doh makes sense. After all these years, we don't have a clue still how to do that, but it totally makes sense. It disappears right in the photograph, so thanks guys, appreciate it. So remember, head over to NADL.org and register for Visions 21. It's a great meeting, and this great podcast will be there having some live recordings. So come on out and see us. I'm curious. Are you getting a kickback for for mentioning that meeting? That's like the third time in a row that you mentioned that meeting. Yeah, well, I I want to encourage everyone to come out to this meeting because it's one of my favorites every year. I think it's some good content, and I really, really want to record and meet some of our listeners. Okay, makes sense. All right, so definitely I'm going to echo that. Join us at NADL Visions in January. Get registered, get signed up. It is actually one of the best meetings of the year. We have a lot of fun. It's Vegas, of course, so we, you know, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. Except for the part that we record. Because <laughs> yeah, we will that's true. bring that outside of Vegas. <laughs> and there will be fireball at our table during recordings. So. <laughs> and I will not be partaking in that because if so, you're going to have to bleep me like 100 times, so. I'll be behaving. Well, that will take all the fun out of it. Oh, I know. I have to act like I'm going to behave anyway, so. That's true, because they won't let you in. Mm-hmm. I have to maintain a reputation. Yes, you do. No matter how good or bad. <laughs> Next week, we are back to the roundtable discussion. It's been a while since we've done a roundtable episode. Usually, it's because of the logistics of everyone being available at the same time. But this group, 
well, let's just say that it was a miracle that we finally got it recorded. I think it was like two or three tries. So, yeah, Elvis had to work really, really hard at getting this group together. Unfortunately, I was not there, but Elvis did an amazing job, and we appreciate all the guests. It's not easy to get a roundtable together, but it turned out really good. So join us next week for a roundtable episode. So before we sign off today, we want to give a big shout out to a friend of the podcast and a friend of our industry. Sean Nowak of the Framed Nowak Dental Supply is competing in his first full triathlon next weekend in Florida. So good luck to you, sir. And as I always remind people, don't fall off your bike. Hold on. Not only is it a full triathlon, it's a full freaking Ironman, which we're talking three mile swim, 120 some odd bike ride and a full marathon. So God bless you. I think you're amazing. I know you've been freaking training and training and training, but uh, kudos to you. I think Bob Savage may be doing it as well, but I'm not sure. Yeah. Good luck to you, sir. All right. That's all we got. Have a good one. Take care. Have a great week. Bye. Barbara, how the f*** are you? You complete me.